An aspirational aberration show, man, for May 31st, 2023. How's it going? I brain barfed there for a second as to what year this is. <laughs> Happy belated Memorial Day. We're, uh, we're, we're going to be June, man. This is the last day of the AAPI month. Have you honored your, you know, the Asian persuasion or a Pacific Islander next to you the last 31 days, huh? Have you recognized? Have you acknowledged? Have you yada 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 did all that? Because starting tomorrow, it's a Pride Month, baby. It's a Pride Month. You know, I got my, I got all my Pride gear and all that ready because I know that my time is up. Your time is now. You can't see me. Your time is now. So, <laughs> quoting great John Cena over there in his song. But basically, awareness month. You know, go, go back and listen to my old episode about too many awarenesses, which October is one of the worst months, but, you know, I digress. I digress. So, uh, what do I want to talk about? Oh, my goodness. You know, this continuation of what we talked about last week. You know, those athletes, are they truly soft? You know, but more likely, it's the soft tissues to start. And then the lack of adjustments and just, like, not being able to see the game from your top tip-top players. And then the evidence of that came through uh, during the NBA playoffs. For the Celtics and the Heat. And I'm, I'm claiming them now, unofficially. My Miami Heat for this summer season. My Florida Panthers. BK, did you say my Florida Panthers? How can you hate the South Florida right now? The South Beach, you know? Like, two number eight seeds are on to the final of their respective leagues. It's unbelievable. And then once again, the Celtics. The Celtics. Which I call them the Edmonton Oilers of the NBA, because the Philadelphia 76ers are really the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NBA at this point, I would say. Um, choked it the most ridiculous way possible. Some of you thought, because Miami Heat was like choking it away, being up 3 to nothing, and then still went to Game 7. Uh, I will say that, you know, way Celtics were coming back, I would say on sheer talent rather than anything strategic. They just executed. They were able to just outbody, outshoot Miami Heat in game four and five and three quarters of game six. <laughs> but game seven and like end of game, last quarter of game six, I still saw the same flaws that the Celtics have, which is uh, one, they do not play to their strength or the advantage at that moment. Uh, which tells me what I talked about last week is like terrible head coaching with lack of adjustments and the players not being able to adjust to, you know, especially something like basketball, you know, take the game in their own hands. It's a much smaller court, right? Like LeBron overruled, you know, David Blatt and all these head coaches in the past. Why can't fucking J Jason Tatum do that? Oh, he sprained his ankle. Okay, but what about the rest of the knuckleheads that's on this team? It was a pretty well in-depth team compared to the last few seasons, I would say. You know, I just go, and then the Miami Heat ain't a big team. And there was a while while Bam Adebayo is, was out because he had two, he picked up two fouls and then the three fouls in the third quarter. So the Celtics were bigger, you know, size-wise. And instead of attacking the zone with high percentage shots, a.k.a. the two-point jump shots, or driving to the fucking basket, Celtics decide to keep chucking threes which kept 
they kept doing in Game 6, which made the Heat come back all the way from however many points down. Now, this is the second time I ever say this on the podcast, you know, first-time head coach is getting fired, Shelton Keefe not counting. Uh, I said Nathaniel Hackett should have been fired the first game, and I was right. I will say I was right. I think Joe Mazzola on the Celtics should be fucking fired. I know in the NBA, the inside the NBA, and those guys are like, well, we don't talk about, you know, the, the, the well-being and then the job state of, like, other people in the NBA. Uh, in my opinion, Joe Mazzola fucking sucked. He looked like a fucking deer in the headlights just looking around going, what the fuck? And the, the answer he gave last night after the Celtics got blown out in the Game 7 at home, which has not happened out of all the 3-3 coming back down, you know, comebacks, you know. Uh, credit to Ben Chung out there for telling me the stat last night, which was... Uh, I don't, so NBA, no team has ever come back in the playoffs in a 3 nothing deficit. But when it got to Game 7, I think there were three other instances that happened, and last night being the fourth one, all of them were the teams that were on the road in Game 7. Until last night. The Game 7, the team that came back, almost came back, was at home and fucking lost. That has never happened <laughs> until this. At the 151st. You know, game seven after the three nine def- three nothing deficit, and John Mozula's answer was, "What was the difference?" When he was asked in the press conference, I was like, uh, "We shot twenty one percent from the three pointer," and apparently that was a difference in the game. Uh, it was a difference, but I gotta say, Joe, you fucking didn't adjust. He had a simple game plan, and they stuck to it, and they did execute. You fucking forgot to adjust. I cannot believe when Bam Adebayo was out, and then bunch of the Celtics had like about two three. And then 20-pound advantage on the Heat, going small, none of them decide to attack the fucking basket. Other than Derek White on his own. And a couple times, Jalen Brown. And Marcus Smart flopping left and right. And then Celtics asking for calls nonstop once again, which I do not understand. Like, they're fucking privileged kids asking for calls. It's just unbelievable. Play the fucking game. And these kids are mentally soft, I would say. And Joe Muzula, as a head coach, was fucking soft. And his strategy was fucking soft. So, I, bottom line, if your top players, you know, head coaches, I think Charles Barkley and the rest of them said this also, which I agree with, which is my whole thing I said last week. Top players will play. And there's some certain mental fabric they don't seem to have at times, especially when it comes to adjustment and seeing the game in a broad fashion. That's just my view, way I see some of these top players not being able to execute in press time and statistically reflect it with terrible execution of it, or they get shut out. But the job of a head coach is to make sure the team is not only motivated, which is what Shaq said, but I'm like, dude, you're fucking Shaq. Like, what else is there to do to you other than, hey, get out there and do, do well. <laughs> be you, Shaq, be you. Sure. But that's only one guy and then, like, one or two people. The rest of the people on the team, whether how you train them up through the assistants and yada, 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 during the practice and scrimmages, is to make sure that, hey, if the plan A falls apart, you know, that's pivoted and surrounded by the top players that you got on your team, the next level of players, B, and then your bench, and then the checking line, whatever, these are number 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 12 guys need to fucking execute. And then make sure you have a game plan to accommodate for that. 
And then the Heat, Eric Spolstra, to his fucking credit, who I think is a highly underappreciated head coach in the NBA, has been able to do that, you know, through the times of LeBron and D-Wade and Bosh, and then afterwards with the crew that he's got right now, with the depth. And this is where depth comes into play, which is obviously outside of a head coach's control, usually. And the head coach's job is to make sure that you have a game plan to respond to certain changes that's happening. He's, for example, he's playing the fucking zone all night, daring the Celtics to shoot the three because they were fucking terrible the last five games. You know, same strategy the Portland Trailblazers had when the Oakland Thunder, you know, Oakland City Thunder, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, <laughs> Oakland, Oklahoma City Thunder kept chucking threes and just let Russell Westbrook break the shots left and right to a point where the mic picked up few seasons ago, Portland just yelled out, let him shoot, let him shoot, instead of attacking the basket or any of that, you know, just like, give him the perimeter, and instead of, like, taking advantage of your sheer athleticism and talent to adjust to get two-pointers and slowly claw back, they kept chucking, and no other players really has taken the advantage to get in there and then get those dirty high-percentage shots, other than all Al Horford, but for God's sakes, he's fucking 42 years old, like his jersey number at this point. So, Ono says on the head coach, on top of the players not executing, which is a terrible combination that has happened to the Celtics, the Sixers, the Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers, Phoenix Suns, go on and on and on about all these so-called talented teams that has never fucking adjusted to execute, unfortunately. Milwaukee Bucks kind of got over that hump, fortunately, a couple seasons ago, a couple finals ago at this point. So, there's that, and that's a mentality of the fucking game of these players, you know, so. Uh, but yeah, I just a head coach, dude, that was fucking terrible, and then, you know, I, I heard some NBA Twitter going like, oh, you know, the Celtics never got over Yudoka firing, and I'm like, get over it, get over it. You still had the same fucking assistance that he had before. And then I'm just like, what? Like, like you can't fucking execute? You can't see that you need to beat the fucking zone and attack the basket. And then Jalen Brown, you know, you know, he turned the ball over eight times, nine times. few of those, I just go like, he just lost the fucking handle. And I go like, how the fuck does this happen? You know? Where's your head at? And then Joe Mazzura, I don't know if any of you saw the pregame speech. I know they didn't put in the rest of the strategy and all that. They just got to the, you know, the fluff line. But the thing he said also bothered me, the head coach, Coach Mazzula, which was, hey, make sure, remember, smile, go out there, have fun. That's all that matters. I'm sorry. It's game seven. Your team was down three to nothing and came back. And instead of the last word going out there is, motherfuckers, go out and kill it. Just go out there and fucking smile. If, if fucking pick, the word fucking picked up on a network, you know, cable television, but it's the worst context of fucking that you could put in there. It's like, go out there and fucking kill it. Let's fucking kill these guys. Attack the basket. Be resilient. You know, be pesky. Do what they do, but better. We have shown that in game four, five. And 75% of game six, we can fucking do this. Let's finish the fucking job. That should have been the fucking speech, not go out there and smile. That's all that fucking matters. I'm like, smile? Like fucking smile emojis left and right? That's game seven? <laughs> fucking derpy smile, get out there, and then like chuck threes and never get through the zone defense? That's a game seven speech? <laughs> I just died laughing, and I was in disbelief. I go, what the fuck? 
<laughs> go out there, smile. That's all that fucking matters. Fucking guy. I could have given a better speech. I'm not even Denzel Washington. I'm not Ray Lewis. Smile and have fun out there. That's all that fucking matters. Really? Really, Joe? Coach Joe? Really? He and I are the same age, believe it or not. I think. If I remember right, I just like saw this and I was like, Joe Missoula. Like, I just go, how's this guy? Yeah, he's my age. He was born less than a month before I was. Jesus Christ. And that was a speech that he gave. I know he kind of got put in there, unfortunately, after, you know, the original head coach got a little too handsy and then, like, you know, power dynamic and all that, allegedly, with the, uh, whatever, sleeping with the assistant on the team and shit, which I think should be, like, really unearthed to, like, just share that. Look, this is a problem with the office sexual harassment, but that's aside the point. I don't know how this guy needs some seasoned coaching experience. He needs, he needs to step back. Because, like, yeah, number one, do the Celtics blow it up, like I said about the Maple Leafs and all that? Hey, if I were the Toronto Raptors, I want to trade for Jalen Brown right now. But BK, doesn't that, you know, present the same case that, like, Jalen Brown cannot perform? The Raptors do not have anybody to, like, take the team to the next level. And then just going depth, depth, depth. And then them not executing... Hasn't helped the last three seasons. I'll be honest. So it needs some cultural shift where like this is a cornerstone. This is your proper guard that's going to shoot some points. While the Celtics need some proper depth and players who need to play dirty. And then play some fucking defense. Because their defense was atrocious last night to a point where Kyle Lowry was like draining threes. I was just like, Jesus, Kyle Lowry's alive. Um... I, I would do that. I think it's a shift in culture. This is what the Raptors need. I think Jalen Brown, given his back history as to, hey, he's too smart for this game. That's what one of the scouts says, which is du- one of the dumbest fucking takes I heard from an NBA scout, anonymous NBA scout. Like, what? And then and then, how do you know this? The anonymous NBA scout? You're too st- Jalen Brown is too smart for this league. He might just quit and do other things. I don't know, go in computer science or like be, go become an ambassador for in Nigeria for American Embassy or something. And I'm like, okay, you know what? More the reason that I think Masai should go get Jalen Brown with the, from the cultural connection of it, the international flair to it, more than Jason Tatum. And Jalen Brown fucking performed, despite the eight turnovers last night, that I think the Raptors could use. And Raptors need some fucking cultural shift too. They don't have a head coach. That's fine. Uh, Nick Nurse is on the Sixers. I don't know how much difference that's going to make. Other than running all the existing players through the fucking <laughs> minutes, burn the minutes in the regular season potentially. But I just go like, hey, Celtics, aside from a head coach change, but even if you have flipped a head coach, Tatum Brown ain't cutting it. So that's my dramatic shift in the NBA proposal that I have. Jalen Brown for somebody in the Raptors, like Siakam or something, even Scotty Barnes. I don't care. I, I don't put stock in these guys on the Raptors as much as, like, I put it in the past. Hey, he got some years of work to do. Great. But that's why I wasn't so against, like, trading Scotty Barnes for, like, Kevin Durant, for example. It's like, you need that one solid foundation to score and drive and do all that stuff. The Raptors are lacking the three-pointers, which the Heat has all over the place. 
which I, I would say doesn't excuse the Raptors for not, not finding the perimeter shooters. Or the ones that you thought are going to shoot are sh- chucking horribly. Anyways. So, the depth. The depth work, you know, needs some work. And I think the Celtics need a cultural shift that way at this point. What do I think is going to happen with the Nuggets and the Heat? Uh, I think the Nuggets are going to lose the first game because the Heat, their body's warm, I would say, you know. So, Heat is in the zone. But, (laughs) this is a thing that the Celtics did not execute on, which is like, hey, the Nuggets got the size with Aaron Gordon, Jokic, Porter, all these guys. Like, they can outbody Adebayo and the rest of them. Really easy. So, he, you know, I don't, it's really hard foreseeing, you know, Heat winning more than the game. But then again, Heat is like, hey, this has been our mantra before. So, I don't rule them out because this is the same crew, majority the same crew, that has taken the team to the final in the bubble. Uh... Was it three seasons ago? Two seasons ago at this point. So I don't rule it out. Nuggets, this is their first go-around with the NBA championship. Can they do it? It's not the first-timer versus first-timer like the Suns versus the Bucks, uh, you know, two seasons ago. So I think the Heat has a lot of, like, swagger coming in and overcoming adversity and... Really good depth, and then the Nuggets have the depth also. But I think first game, I think the Heat take the first game. I'll say that right now. You know, Denver has never hosted an NBA final before. You know, and then can they do it? Can they do it? Uh, yeah, it could be. It could be like the Toronto Raptors versus the Golden State Warriors in 2019 NBA final. It's like oh, game one went to Toronto, despite Toronto not having the experience other than Kawhi. So, but none of the none of the players on the Nuggets have a Kawhi to say, hey, this is what the championship's like. I don't know, fucking Aaron Gordon. <laughs> I don't fucking know. So, but once they settle down after the first game, I think the Nuggets are going to run away with it. But I'm, I'm really interested in this final. I know people, the usual NBA media mainstream, one of the Lakers versus the Celtics, but for God's sakes, I'm sick of the Lakers. I'm sick of the Celtics underachieving. You know, I don't care. These are the two teams that I just go, they had the the earnest to get here. You know, they got fucking lucky. And then the Celtics, I should have blown them out and did not happen. So, that's sad. That's what you get for having a rookie coach and a, couple play- and a bunch of players on the Celtics who keep crying foul for asking for calls instead of playing the fucking ball. You know? It's kind of like the NHL with the Panthers. They just go... They just grind you down, and then they do it. And then, hey, you know what? Panthers wore, you know, even with the cultural shift that they had, were the President's Cup winners last season. And I'm going to get the Vegas versus the Panthers. Who's going to win? A odd say it's a Vegas, you know, given their depth and how much they're playing. And I thought they might choke it again against the Dallas Stars last night, but, dude, they just completely destroyed the Stars because the Stars... Ottinger can go hot and cold, as evidence in these playoffs. So, that happened. But I never ruled the Panthers out. Panthers, like the Miami Heat, have the depth and the speed to compete against anybody. So, do not sleep on them. They have the depth. And I wouldn't be surprised if this Stanley Cup Final goes seven games. And I would not be surprised at all if the Panthers... 
one upset, say in six games, and finish at home. Because that's how impressive the Panthers have played, and they're they're in the zone right now, and then they're in it. Um, and then the Vegas, you know, they have the sheer talent, kind of like the Nuggets. But is it the same core that has gone through the final, God, four years ago in 2019? I think Shea Theodore and they're all there, but like, hey man, Marshall Saul and all those guys, they're all, but like, hey, it's been four years, it was pre-pandemic. <laughs> so, I'm excited about the both final in the hockey and the basketball. I guess we covered that. And again, depth adjustment and everybody playing into the next level and also seeing the game. That, those are the keys to winning the championship. And also, sheer amount of luck, staying healthy, which both Panthers and the Heat have had. Uh, you know, even though Heat didn't, have, Heat didn't have Victor Oladipo and Tyler Harrow, don't matter. They still came through because they had enough depth to undrafted guys. So, thanks for listening. You know, I'm excited about these sports final finals, depending on the league. And, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting June for a couple weeks, two and a half weeks or so. Or so. so, we'll talk about that. We didn't get to cover anything else in the world that's been happening. But, you know what? It was a good getaway. It's like three, four weeks of talking about playoff sports because I find it fascinating. The psyche of it, fascinating. The adjustments and coaching, what they're doing, not doing, fascinating. So, anyway, email me if you have any gripes against this or my thoughts of it, evaluation of it. I'm a fucking nobody. A-show at outlook.com. A-show at outlook.com. You have a great rest of the week, and then uh, we'll see you in June in the next month. Peace out.